0: welcome we are two old wise trees with a podcast and as you know you've been listening and we appreciate all of your listens and follows um i'm mitchell regan and with me as always she lost all interest in the patriarchy after she found out it wasn't about horses it's Teresa stoddard wow not sure
1: how to follow that one up um I've always hated the patriarchy, but they almost did sell me with those horses, not gonna lie. They are knuffs. But, um, hello, and welcome to Only Barbies in the Building.
0: I thought it was Only Murders in Barbie Town.
1: Only Murders in Barbie Land, you're right.
0: Correct, correct. <laughs> um Well, today, if you have not read our title... We are going to do a special, I guess, a two parts
1: mashup episode.
0: Uh, we are going to talk about our experience. We just finally saw the cultural phenomenon of the Barbie movie.
1: So good.
0: Uh, don't spoilers. You know? <laughs> yeah. um, and we will be
1: spoiling in both.
0: Well, I think we're going to keep it spoiler light at first, and if there's anything that we need to Barbie's kind of a hard movie to spoil. Yeah,
1: you've this, seen it all before. You've seen it in the ads. You've seen it in this your really, sister's room when you were children. Like,
0: There's really no, like, Ken is really Luke's father from, you know, Star Wars. Ken doesn't it. have
1: that riz, though. At first. Just kidding. He loses the riz. I want to relate to our younger listeners. No cap.
0: So all of one of them feels uh, very seen. But we are also going to talk about our experience watching the first two episodes of the third season.
1: Of Only Barbies in the Building.
0: Of Only Murderers in the Building. Um, as always, uh, again, we appreciate all of the downloads, all of the subscribes.
1: Yes, subscriptions are what we want, because we want to be able to record an ad with our beautiful voices. We want to monetize it so that every time you listen, we get two cents back, because, you know?
0: Hashtag give Teresa her two cents.
1: Yes. I will take it in Word format or money format. Um, my Cash App, it no, just kidding. <laughs> anyway... I'm going to start a little bit on Only Murders in the Building.
0: You want to start with the murderers first? Yeah. Okay. I mean, what would a podcast be if we didn't talk about other podcasts?
1: (laughs) Okay, so basically we're joining these characters back in New York City in the building of Only Murders in the Building. I think it's
0: called the Arconia.
1: I always think the Arcadia, which is something else, but yes, you are correct. Um... They did not offer us any protein powder.
0: Yeah, I want to know what's going on with that gut milk. That's a real, true uh, mystery in this show.
1: Well, the star-studded cast of already having Martin Short, Steve Martin, and Selena Gomez are joined by industry legend herself, Meryl Streep, and that other guy, um, Paul Rudd. Nah, he was... Very
0: lesser-known actor, Paul uh, Rudd.
1: I'm not sure if you've heard of him before. The Ageless Um, Wonder? Yes, his face... Is but a mask.
0: Somewhere up in his attic, he has like some picture of a, of a very old man, a la very picture of Dorian Gray style.
1: And what does he give to it in order to stay ageless?
0: I, we don't want to know.
1: I think it's subway sandwiches, and then like Aunt Anne's pretzels.
0: I can see that. I can see that. Uh, We're joined in the third season. The first two seasons, we're not going to spoil or really go into because we want to kind of give you our instant reactions.
1: At this time. We Uh, will be going back.
0: Yeah, we might be going back and recapping the first two, but for now, we just kind of want to follow along with what's been going on and uh, what has been going on.
1: All right, so... A lot's been going on.
0: How did you feel about the first episode?
1: Okay, so what I... What my big thought was the first episode was more exciting.
0: Right, they kind of had to hook us.
1: But the second episode was better.
0: I, I agree.
1: And, like, the first episode there was more emotion, but the second episode was more fun. And it's kind of glad to see the gang back together. And... The biggest thing, my biggest takeaway, other than Meryl Streep as a legend, is do not dare hurt our Oliver Putnam, and do yeah. not take away his dips. That's all he has.
0: I I also concur with his his philosophy on on dipping being quite important. Um, it's not
1: tobacco for you folks unaware.
0: Nobody chips in tobacco anymore. You do. Are we doing a podcast solely for Major League Baseball? Because I believe that is the only <laughs> group of people that still go into that. No, we're talking about our ranches, our blue cheeses, our honey mustards, um, queso, our quesos, our salsas, a Yes, all of the dips. Give
1: me all the dips. Guacamole.
0: Um, holy moly. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, again, trying to keep it splutter light. Um, it looks like they're going to pursue a, a health risk for Martin Short's character. Um, I, what do you think, how do you think that's going to be handled this season? I
1: do not like it.
0: I know, you, you did vocalize how much you didn't like that. Um, Why do you think that they're going through that approach?
1: Because they want to show that like he thinks all he has in his life is his musicals, but really, like he has his health, and now when it's taken away, I think it'll help him rebalance priorities while still taking an interest in the murder and joining Selena and Martin.
0: Okay, that's definitely a good um, thought process as far as how the they might wind up using that as a as a plot device.
1: And also, Selena um, is losing her aunt's apartment and she's forced to be out, so she's clinging to, like, anything that can keep her with them. Because I think she's of the mind that she should have accomplished so much more by now. She should be so much more successful. She should have the perfect job. She should have her own place to live. And, like, maybe yes to the old American dream where when they were in their prime, but with Selena's character and really, like, you know, millennials and on... That's just the reality that
0: we live in. Well, one of the things... Obviously, uh, they are great at making bits. I mean, Steve Martin, Martin Short are legends at it. But one of the things I like that they always... uh, They don't even gloss over. I think it's a major part of the show. Is that generational conflict, but finding resolution within that conflict. But you definitely see Selena Gomez's character as Mabel... um, Definitely going in the struggles of like what a typical millennial is at this moment, like finding their feeling that they're not accomplished as much as like some of the counterparts in their older generation.
1: When now we're kind of set up to fail from the get go,
0: right? Yay to uh, post capitalism or uh, the uh, the ends of capitalism as we know it. Worlds. But I want to say, though, I think that they do a really great job of selling the chemistry between them because you have uh, Martin Short's Putnam's character as, like, such a great example of that um, Baby Boomer generation where things are almost, like, in essence, like, handed to him and he kind of takes advantage of his um, situation. And then the same thing with Steve Martin's character... Um, especially when it, he goes and he always references his long, sp- uh, stint at being Brazos, <laughs> um, on the, the old running, uh, cable television. I just think it's a really great mix of the two-generational conflict, like, seeing a little bit eye-to-eye, but also seeing the, the struggles between them.
1: I also like that for the Brazos character, um it's not as louded as he thinks it would be. Like, it's not this, yes, it's accomplishment to run that long, but, like, she's like, oh, how cute you were on Brazos. It's not like, wow, you were on Brazos. Right,
0: they definitely don't make it your traditional, like, 80s to 90s gross, um, like, age gap difference. Uh, I always forget Steve Martin's name because he has the greatest three name ever, which is the Charles Hayden Savage. <laughs> but, um... You know, I realized so the first week, they definitely, I feel like, took the time to point out, um, his girlfriend on the show, and then she was significantly absent the second week. Yeah, And that could bring us to what I like to call a segment every week that we recap, or at least discuss this. Um... I like to call it, who is the murderer now? (laughs) Do you have any guesses on who the murderer is now?
1: Well, now, I don't think it's... So I originally was going to go kind of out of left field here and say that Martin's new girl is a little sus.
0: Still trying to appeal to that younger audience, I see. (laughs) Um, My money is 100% behind, like, put all the futures, all the shares... Vegas has probably gotten way too much odds on this. It's gotta be Meryl Streep. Yeah. Did I convince you that easily?
1: No, because I had thought that as well. I just, that's, I feel like that's too easy, but like, it's also the best possible option. So, like, I would really like to see a bad guy out of her, all the big little lies where she's terrifying and I would have cried if she tried to take me to court.
0: I know this is kind of strange to say because of how, like, kind of sweet her demeanor seemed in the first episode.
1: No, but there was definitely an air of sneakiness. Yes,
0: there's definitely a darkness there. And,
1: like, I feel like she felt that nanny gig. Like, she has been witness to the murders.
0: I also think that she definitely has a particularly, like, odd sense of being able to manipulate Oliver Putnam. Like, she just seems to be the... She knows how to... When they were singing together at the piano, it seems like they're definitely trying to work together to make her seem like she's manipulating everyone. But I I just... I I don't see how it would be anything other than her, considering she's a special guest star. And I know it seems simple, but I also know that, like...
1: She'll kill that role. Yeah. As easily as she killed Paul Rudd.
0: Right. Talking about Paul Rudd, I'm kind of... What do you think about the decision to... I
1: remember you said you were a little, like, upset at first with the choice, but I think as we got to see more of him, I think he kind of fell into the role perfectly.
0: I... Don't I don't think I was. I know what you're talking about. I don't think I was upset by the choice. I just think he was miscast to play, kind of an asshole. I think he comes across just just by his general demeanor and every character he's ever played as extremely likable, and I think it was a hard right turn or hard left turn for him to play a character that's as despised as it seems like they wanted us to think he was.
1: And who did you mention you thought would be interesting for the role? Uh, uh, James
0: Mar- Marsden. James Marsden. Who was on J- one show? Jerry Judy. Who, I thought he was great. But he plays a jerk in so many different things. Um, and that's not to say he seems like a super nice guy, but just, I feel like Paul Rudd, it's kind of like a stretch to see him like that, because, again, he plays so likable. He's like, you know, some dad you know in the neighborhood who seems super sweet and nice, and his kid goes to your school. And he's like, oh, look at this goofball over here. So I was going to say, one of the things I did like is their decision to kind of really only make him be a character that exists in real life in the first episode... And so I think the choice then to kind of have him appear in the past and also as visions for people was a really good idea because they don't really have to focus on him being, like, a diva. They could kind of create the image we want to... Like, they want to imagine him being. Like when he shows up for to Mabel,
1: I love that.
0: Yeah, I thought that was good. Yeah, it the, was
1: so sweet the moment with um, Ghost Paul Rudd, because it really shows and like echoes the problem she has trusting men. Yeah, I think that was the best scene left, of the episode. And like she really, Martin Short and Steve Martin, yeah. are. I always like to get like a t- like is Oliver this a time twister Charles. like yeah. yeah oh yeah Am I Steve, Martin use some <laughs> Steve Martin <laughs> like, short television names
0: Steve Martin short is
1: this together, Um, but yeah I think that like they've been filling like the father role in her life oh definitely and she's starting to like leave the nest right and she's uncomfortable about it.
0: you know by the end of the episode one of them is going to have her move in with them though?
1: I mean, if I were in her shoes, I would move in with them.
0: <laughs> um... But yeah, I I think that that was a good idea. I like I like the first episode, um, but I liked it even more where I saw it was going. Um, do you have a favorite like running gag that they did, or a favorite joke, or a favorite um, just something that made you laugh? to think about that. Did you? I had two that I was going to point out. Um, okay. I love when they go to the guy's apartment that you think is the security detail, but he's really just a
1: super fan. Yeah,
0: and he's one of those that guys. Like he's in like literally like every one of your favorite shows, random episodes. Like he was like in an episode of like Stumptown. He was like in an episode of like a ton of just different comedies. But when they go in and they see all the different posters he's in, first off, the different posters are hilarious, but there was a really funny nod to the movie Anchorman when the first poster was Sex Panther. Have you seen Anchorman? No. I didn't think so. It doesn't seem like your thing. But it was really funny because it was a nod to an actual movie, and I think a lot of those movies, like, what did one? Wasn't one of them was like dog retriever or something like Labrador retriever, which is um, definitely like a joke towards Airbud. It
1: was like golden. Ret-
0: was it golden retriever?
1: No, it, was, it had a better name. But
0: well, yeah, but you know what I'm talking name. about, right? Anyone who have watched it would have would know what I'm saying. Um, and then I loved that when they show up for his funeral, they're in holding room three.
1: Oh yeah, they're like okay, we're going up to the main part, and they're like, no. And then Selena Gomez says, oh, yeah, like, here's my name. And then he's like, just strangers come to Holding Place 3?
0: Yeah, because Oliver always thinks he's way above his status. Yeah. Um, But I love how they go into it, and it's like they're sitting down watching a TV of something that's going on in a different room in the same place that they are. I also love the bit about... I know I'm choosing a lot in the second episode, but it's just more fresh in my mind. I love the bit about uh, naming the different areas of the church. Oh, yeah. And then he's like, what are you? like? Some sort of famous uh, church architect.
1: And then he names one.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think Rend was the name of the the architect. (laughs) Um, And then my... my, uh, I I think I also really liked... um, just, like, the, uh, the whole, um, like, the whole him, uh, having to go to different places, like, different places at the funeral places, and, like, him pretending he knew those, you know, the names of those places. I thought it was funny. Yeah. If you don't have any, that's fine. I was just...
1: Uh, no, I definitely love when, uh... Meryl Streep sidled up to him at the piano. Yeah, and they that was a great together. scene. together, like I just think that was really.
0: Well, I think that was really impressive. Great. I didn't I think I it was. loved it. Like. I loved how. So if we're talking about the first episode, the bit where, you know, he goes in, and then the, the the pile of cookies is next to him.
1: Oh yeah, that was such a good bit too.
0: And he's like, "Take it away! No wait I'll just have one. No, nope, take it away! No!" And he just like goes off.
1: And has a bite of one, and they're like, "No, don't take it."
0: I also love the um, the decision for Meryl Streep to pretend that she's a bad actress, <laughs> and one the way she does it, she decides she's going to read all of the things in uh, horrible accents,
1: and they're still better accents than you've heard from anybody else.
0: Well, but like they're <laughs> like they're exaggeratedly bad. Like they're on purpose. It's it's great. It's great. It's really fun. The fact
1: that she chose Aberdeen. Is so funny to me because that's where one of my first publishers was based. Really? Yeah.
0: Oh, that's wild.
1: Yeah. So whenever I hear it, I'm like, oh, okay.
0: Do you ever talk to them like on the phone or?
1: It didn't go that well. So. Oh,
0: I was gonna say because it'll be really funny yeah. if like, like it's almost like a Pavlovian response. You're just <laughs> like, oh, publishing. Oh, know? about
1: me? I pick up accents. I don't mean to. It's like a trait among autistic people, will kind of match accents with people were speaking to and get a little weird. Like, I'm not doing it, but I'm Like, doing to make it. fun of you. Yeah, like, like, I promise,
0: I'm not making I, fun of you. I think
1: it's just like a like a survival instinct that you're like, oh, must sound like the other one.
0: Right. Right. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to add? Any predictions? Any thoughts? Um, any? no,
1: not really. I just love this show so much. And I'm glad to see a season three. Um...
0: Yeah, I I really want to see. Are we going to continue talking about it week by week?
1: Um, I think we will.
0: Uh, if there's anything else that winds up, you know, it might
1: be in um kind of a mashup episode like this, right? And then, like, say they have like the most epic finale, then maybe we can go and do kind of a deep dive on that one and why we loved it so much. But I'd say they get about this much attention while we're talking about other things as well.
0: Absolutely. Well, uh, if everything's done with Only Murderers, we are going to next go into Barbie, but after this short break. And welcome back! Uh, We just, if you missed our first half of our podcast, which I don't know why you would just listen to the second half, but uh, maybe you just wanted to know about how we thought about Barbie, but you maybe should want to know.
1: Seen Only a That's true. Yet. Go well, do it.
0: They could just listen to, to us H- anyway.
1: Go to Hulu, watch it, love it.
0: Well, first, first listen to us talk about it, so mm-hmm. that you can
1: Entitate. like the
0: give us the five stars.
1: Yes, guys, your subscribe.
0: Download every episode.
1: Your subscribing helps us so much because again, at one hundred, we can read you ads.
0: Play every episode. Then play every episode again, then undownload it, then re-download it, and then give us five stars again.
1: Find ten friends. Kind of like one of those email chains, but literally... Oh, everyone loves those. Literally just force them. Be like, you have to. Yeah. Unnegotiable. It has to happen. These guys are awesome.
0: Exactly. So do that, then watch Holy Murders in the building, and then come back. And then do the same thing again. Yeah. Um... So That's we good. are, we, like I said, we are going to see Barbie. We just we just watched it. Of course, we both wore pink.
1: Yes, I wore pink shorts and a pink shirt.
0: Um, I'm going to set up just talking a little bit about the success of the movie. And then uh, we'll go into a deep kind of share of feelings and everything like that. Um, again, unless you've been living under a rock, you know about the Barbenheimer phenomenon. Um, it's one of the few times since like maybe the 80s uh, and maybe some of the early 90s where two movies have been so successful at the same time and none of them has anything to do with putting on a superhero suit and punching someone Uh, unless of course you're Alan because he does a lot of punching
1: Alan!
0: Uh, Well remember he's Ken's best friend Which Ken? Yes
1: (laughs) I don't think he likes a single one of the Kens
0: Well, but he he makes sure that everyone knows that, uh, canonically, he's Ken's best friend. Anyway, Alan... uh, This movie uh, reached a bill. It got all the way through a billion, and it is the first movie ever with a solo um, female director, uh, Greta Gerwig, uh, who has done um, uh, Lady Bird... Uh, Little Women which I've seen was great uh, and she wrote this with Noah Baumbach who did uh, Marriage Story um, basically any sad slash coming of age movie you've probably seen he's written um, they co-wrote it together um, like I said the, it's it's been number one or number two in the box office ever since it came out I love that it shared uh the same thing with, like, maybe one of the broiest movies of all time <laughs> with Oppenheimer, which we're planning to see next week, so next week's episode, I'm assuming, we're probably gonna have a little bit of a breakdown of how we feel about that. Um, but yes, we made the uh, concerted effort to see Barbie first, because um, and it's probably maybe the only F-bomb I'm gonna try to throw in the episode, fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> um... But like I said, we're, we'll break down uh, not the not necessarily what goes in order plot-wise uh, because you watched the movie so you saw that but kind of our feelings on it So, um, we know the movie is financially successful uh, We also know the movie was super successful when it comes to the um, critics uh, Right now it has a, and that was supposed to be a really fast me looking at something, and then it tell me.
1: Instead, did your Christopher walking again.
0: I did do you my Christopher.
1: Christopher run a bit here.
0: Uh, it has an 88 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty high, especially because
1: the neckbeards are going to be out and about.
0: Exactly, one. Of, these are the kind of movies women that women don't uh,
1: have movies.
0: <laughs> Hashtag like uh, women aren't funny all that stuff that comes with movies like this so I bet um, in the
1: middle though they were really excited yeah <laughs> they're like men power woo boys night
0: yeah that's when ken goes to central city that's like <laughs> every single neckbeard going <gasps> um but uh i like i said it's up there And a lot of people already uh, presume that this is a movie that we'll probably be talking into February and March when the Oscar seasons come up and uh, we're looking at maybe some of your best actor performances, best director, best screenplay. I would not be surprised if it winds up uh, up there. Like I, I, I don't see how a movie this commercially successful and this critically acclaimed does not get of uh, at least a few nominations, if not the favorite to win in some categories. So, what what were your what were your first impressions, or how did you feel about the movie?
1: I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed seeing Barbie Land, um, and seeing that it was separate from reality. Um, I'm sure the guy from Bellatown is going to love Barbie.
0: Oh, you're talking about the TikToker If who, you've not
1: seen him, he is hilarious. Yeah. It took me the a second to register. The lives in the Barbie universe in Bellatown. Woo!
0: Yeah, that, that's... The
1: best gossip on TikTok is found right there. So, I was definitely thinking of him while I watched it. That's um, funny. Loved Alan. Loved stereotypical Michael Barbie. Sarah was great, yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: so, I question a question. I... I d- and this is just kind of going off of what you're saying. So one of the things that a lot of people—and this is something I was thinking about—back uh, in like again the '80s and '90s, I feel like a lot of actors back then could like sell a movie. Like, if you knew that person was in it, like, and I know the situations have changed for this person.
1: Tom Cruise.
0: Oh no! I well, Tom Cruise is an excellent example too. So let's go with Tom Cruise. If Tom Cruise was in a movie, if it was in the late '90s, or early 2000s, people would go see that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I would. I, I what I was going to use was Will Smith. If he was in a movie, people would see that.
1: That stings, man. I, well, I felt that slap.
0: Yeah, we all did. Um, but I was going to ask, what do you do? You think?
1: I wish I could go back in time right now and tell Teresa that's watching that. Watching Will Smith slap someone at the Oscars, that I would then be, not even that long later, talking about it on my very own podcast?
0: That past Teresa would be very confused.
1: Yes, and it was present Teresa's idea, so, you know?
0: Present future. <laughs> um, Alright, but,
1: but the past participle of. Okay, let's get back on track here. <laughs>
0: No, I, usually everyone listening to podcasts love breakdowns of grammar, so...
1: I mean, the good ones do. <laughs>
0: yeah. um, what I was going to say, though, is do you think Margot Robbie is maybe one of her only movie stars? That's, an, I, that's yeah, a question. That's,
1: that's fair. Don't be a jerk.
0: No, um, I, I didn't know if you were thinking I was going anywhere no, else with that. No, um... Which, unfair, you know she's Australian, right? I am aware. I didn't know if you knew that. I didn't know if she was Australian.
1: My biggest takeaway from Margot Robbie is that she has such a big mouth. But, like, like her Ooh. smile is like her whole face. It's I love it.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is
1: not a bad statement. It's just like when she smiles, it's her entire, like, the she smile. She knows kind of like how to brighten no, up her but also her smile, just like, Reaches everywhere.
0: Yeah. Well, for lack of better, she has a very... Like, her. when you're an actor or an actress, your face is kind of like your instrument. Like, your expressions, like... That's why I love, like, a lot of older actors, because they have, like, all those wrinkles, so you can see all of, like, their emotions on their face. With Margot Robbie, she has such a big instrument to work with with her smile and everything like every every role she plays it's usually some version of it, it's wild to say this but it's true like some like version of of like manic where she always feel like she's always there's like a darkness behind the smile
1: and like her eyes are always very alive very right. like, electric
0: yeah well i mean like she Harley Quinn, yeah. she's she plays a psycho, like not really a psychopath, more of a sociopath. She plays. Um,
1: I don't think that's the right term for either, but we'll go ahead and move
0: on. You don't think so? What do you think it is? No. Um, do you think it's more manic? Harley then?
1: Quinn definitely has, um, and it's her version her of Harley own Quinn specifically host of um, issues, but I would not say that she's either a psychopath or a sociopath. Really? Yeah, I'd have to, of course, uh, do more research into that, but I don't think that that's uh, the right terminology to use here. All right. Which is fine. Yeah, um, I know.
0: I know you're not. You're not like trying to cancel me on the spot. want to
1: make sure that we John use tonight, the right. Buddy.
0: What? <laughs> yeah. Then I'd. Yeah. Um. No, I. I. I you know what I'm talking about, though. Like the the range of emotions, the range not rage the range of emotions that she shows in her face. The Range
1: of emotions of just rage.
0: I mean, that's just what we've learned in this from movie is from the patriarchy. Um, no, but the the range of emotions she displays in her face, where it'll show that she's smiling, but you can see behind her eyes, there's a lot more.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. So and we've
1: also got to um, mention Ryan Gosling.
0: Ryan Gosling. His
1: performance as Ken, like, I never thought I'd be saying these words, but, like, he is Ken, and he did a perfect job. Like I,
0: I, I would even go further. I think that's the best performance he's ever had in a movie. I feel like a lot of his other movies, he's kind of like this brooding figure. This He usually doesn't say a lot of things.
1: Well, this is Ryan Gosling from the female gaze, not the male gaze.
0: Oh, I, yeah, that's... So, the male yeah, gaze true. is
1: what we get in the, this, the midpoint of the movie. Right. That They're like, oh, I'm bro-y bro, and I look so hot to my bro, and that's it. Like, the women he's, aren't even really, like, considered in that. When
0: he's explaining the patriarchy to the patriarchy? Yes. <laughs>
1: but then when he found out it's not really anything to do with horses, he was just not that interested.
0: Yeah. And is that when it turns to the female gaze?
1: Well, it definitely starts the, um, the, like, corporate female gaze at the beginning of the movie where everything's quote-unquote perfect and nothing changes, and then, then they get to, like, the real female gaze at the end, after they go through the male gaze in the middle, and they're like, we do not want this.
0: Right. It's almost, um...
1: Like, it was a cautionary tale for them. Like, they don't want to go in that direction. And right. are hoping that Earth goes in the other direction. Right. It's a little more Barbie Land, but not from the beginning. The end of the movie Barbie Land.
0: Well, what did you think about... And I'm kind of hopping all over here, and I just, I'm just i thinking of just certain questions that I was thinking about while I was watching the movie, and one of those was, what did you think about the decision when they... Uh, the whole Mattel Corporation of it all, and then showing that uh, literally every single person in charge was uh, a cis white man.
1: Okay, so I loved it, but I hate it. And I know that they're trying to, like, point that out. But at the end of the day, Mattel is not the superhero of it all. Like, yes, that's where Barbie came from. Um, Like, Mattel...
0: Patel? What?
1: sure I don't know I
0: think that's I don't know I don't care I have pronunciation dyslexia too so
1: <laughs> well um, it's just like I don't care what they have to say and the, the fact that this is just going to get them all the more money is like mm.
0: well I think and again like I said we're jumping around
1: but at least like I do feel we're going in the right direction at least
0: so you're saying... Like,
1: nor- they're, like, they were pitching normal Barbie at the end. Right. And then when Will Ferrell's character was like, No! Horrible! And then they're like, Sir, it will make money. By the it way... He's like, oh!
0: Will Ferrell's back. That was like also <laughs> a really great performance. Um, so you do you wish that they handled the Mattel situation a little bit
1: I wish differently? Um, they would have cleaned house and had an all-female team.
0: One of the things I did like,
1: but it's not to say that at the end of Barbie, that's not what they're striving for. They leave right. it open ended.
0: Well, I think also what I do like is it wasn't really necessarily even about the journey, because the person who's who's the 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 protagonist really isn't even Barbie. It's it's really Ruth Handler, who is the person who created Barbie,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and because. I like
1: that she kind of got to be a guiding force in Barbie's life.
0: Almost like the mom she never had. Yes,
1: and then, like, not just from there, but being like, I want you to be fully aware when you go out into the world, it's not going to be what you think it is. Right. There are going to be good things, but there are going to be so many bad things, so you need to be ready. You need to be ready for it, Barbie.
0: Yeah, and they do this beautiful montage, which is actually, like, recording of uh, different videos from the cast and crew. Which um, like, yeah,
1: you could tell it had a lot of heart in it,
0: right? Um, so yeah, I I agree. I think though, what I liked was they really did a lot to separate the the fantasy that the that Barbie promotes versus what the real world looks like. And in the real world, after being in a fantasy land run by dolls. They're not going to go back to the real world and go. I need all. We need to all quit our jobs and hire women, but it's it's about that change occurring, even if it's small change. Because, like you said, it is in a at least taking the right step forward. You know, from a progressive standpoint, and like even though, again, like you said, the best lesson would be, you know, men should not run this company. But at least, you know, maybe they would run it in a direction that's not going to be as, like, objectifying. Or, like, maybe let's
1: see you do some real change. Maybe use some of these proceeds, these profits, and put them into building that community that we want to see. So The real dream of, say, Ruth in the beginning. Because she wasn't creating Barbie to, like, give girls eating disorders and to ruin the world. It just happened to be handled in a way in which that's kind of the outcome that occurred
0: exactly exactly and that i was...
1: I do want to say that i loved us thinking that barbie was going to the teenage daughter um oh the switch up they did with america the ferreira's character the entire time but it was the mother not the daughter because you always see the the daughter but the mother never gets her time so I don't know if it's because of a mom or what but like I really like I liked that
0: I loved uh I also did like the scene though when she did visit the daughter and she dressed them down with like only a way that generation like Gen Z would dress down somebody (laughs) with the uh anti-patriarchy anti-capitalism um like you know like promotion of you know, uh, woke, quote unquote, woke culture. Well, yeah,
1: because the kids have woken up. They right. have to. They have. They've not a choice at this point. Right. We've woken them. We put the hornet's nest. So now,
0: but her entire perspective changed, and that was the first time I think that she had experienced that emotion of like feeling overwhelmed and crying. Yeah.
1: She was like, what is what is happening? And then she realized, like, actually, the crying did help with it a bit. There was some catharsis that came from it.
0: Yeah. So from crying to something a little bit more fun, what did you think of uh, Kate McKinnon as Weird Barbie?
1: I will marry Weird Barbie. <laughs> I will be best friends with Weird Barbie. I will hang out with Weird Barbie all day. I will ask Weird Barbie to teach me the splits. I want her to do my makeup. If we can find a nice hypoallergenic one. I love Weird Barbie. I am Weird Barbie.
0: Yeah, Weird Barbie was amazing. I thought Because she
1: got played with too hard. And I liked that they didn't push it too bad in the dirty direction. No, yeah. But everyone Well they're that's too busy been,
0: having beach offs.
1: But anyone that's been a the teenage girl, a tween girl, a like
0: has had the experience of taking a Barbie in which they mention when several, not several other, but other girls have, or, you know, women in the, are like, oh, yeah, I had a weird Barbie because I did this and I did that. It was so
1: there are some that are, like, cutting their hair, but the other ones, you're making your Barbies kiss. Right. And so on.
0: Um, yeah, I like that. I did like the twist with the mom. Um,
1: and I love how when she was getting disappointed, like, she was like, actually, let's just go home. There's no point. The daughter was like, no, you showed me. Like, I love your drawings. And, like, to see them kind of connect again because, you know, they they were in the midst of that, like, tween journey where your kid hates you.
0: Do you think the mother-daughter relationship worked well in the movie?
1: Yes. Because it started out kind of like this is the point where you kind of branch off. You're trying to be independent. Right. So you push your parent away, even though, like, that's not what you're trying to do, but it is getting you the end goal that you want. You right, want,
0: like pushing away from the nest. Want, and... Yeah,
1: you want to fight back with them. You want them to make you mad. You want to be mad at them because it's just, it's how you're learning to become yourself. Right. Now, some people do it better than others. Some people are nice. Some people, sorry, Mom. <laughs> I probably wasn't the best teenager. But uh,
0: yeah, was
1: but who is? so? Yeah, we've um, all had that moment. There's everything that we learn from, and you just continue learning and growing, and whether that's by watching Barbie or just living your life, that's.
0: Do you um, yeah, I agree. So it worked for you. It worked for me too. I think it was pretty good. I I, I wonder if the movie, because it was, it's a, it's a brisk like just under two hours. Yeah,
1: it felt it flew by.
0: Uh, it really did, and like you're. And similarly
1: as Ken.
0: Well that's what I was gonna ask you next. Wow, you read uh, my mind. I was gonna ask, do you have a favorite Ken?
1: Yes.
0: Is it Simuli? Yes. He was phenomenal.
1: And uh, that green outfit, like green is his <laughs> color.
0: Well then they have I think one of the, the best the best bits in I'm the whole so movie. Which you it kind of takes us
1: back we to acting.
0: It kinda takes us back to you wouldn't have had that Ken. Right. It kind of takes us back to like, you know, Bit Corner here, but the um, the they have this ridiculous like plot point for them to like go to war against each other. <laughs> um, and they're like, who me? And they go on a uh, uh, what they 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 beached off each other. There's a lot of beaching off, and they basically decide to have a war on the beach. Which turns into an amazing dance number.
1: Also, that is the so best perfect. action scene I've ever seen. Because <laughs> it was slow enough to see what was happening when, well everyone. It would go through binoculars, it would go close-ups. Re- it was so good. It was so
0: ridiculous.
1: Oh God, was it ridiculous. And what
0: I love about it, and I love about the Barbie world too, is it doesn't is,
1: take itself too seriously. Not only that,
0: but you have to understand, a lot of the... What they were doing filmmaking wise were practical effects.
1: They were like They
0: didn't CGI that. Well, if they did, it was very little. They use practical props. They use this is really cool. They hand drew a lot of those backgrounds to make it look like that kind of style.
1: TV. Yeah. Yeah. Um
0: Sorry, what were you gonna say about the whole situation? I, I I didn't mean to cut Can you off. Did I start but...
1: saying words?
0: <laughs> I, I, what I were don't they? Because
1: I, I had something. I
0: didn't mean to. I'm sorry. If it comes back to and you, and then
1: you just kept going. <laughs> well,
0: I just think I think people would be interested to know that it's just a lot of that stuff and a lot of the the whole. Um... Oh,
1: I remember that. Go ahead. Saying. It's like the smartest kid in class, but they have to do a report on something. They're like, really this isn't serious, and they're like, you know what? I'm gonna make the best damn Barbie movie you've ever seen.
0: I think that you just described Greta Gerwig's whole career right there.
1: And I appreciate it.
0: Uh, yeah, she's great. Would you, would you be interested in seeing other Greta, Greta Gerwig films based upon Barbie? Yes. Okay. If you
1: can make Barbie good, which is like, not to say that the concept of Barbie is bad or anything like that, just like, to elevate the concept to this level... While still being able to make fun of yourself, I thought it was a very good balance of those two things.
0: Now what do you think about the decision that the Mattel Corporation wants now to create kind of their own cinematic universe? There's already rumors of a Polly Pocket movie that's gonna have Lena Dunham attached to it. There's also um, a Rock'em Soccer Robots. There's like basically anything that's can that we redact the no no word Lena
1: Dunham from our podcast? <laughs> well,
0: I'm just telling you a press release.
1: Yeah, because she literally is a garbage. I
0: I, I know your personal opinion. I I also share personal the same opinion. Ones. I know. I, Go I,
1: check out her autobiography. I when know. She gets to her sister.
0: I I am aware. I am aware. But I'm just I'm just telling you.
1: Then we will not be watching Polly Pocket. <laughs>
0: How about the rocket soccer robots? But what do you think about Obviously that?
1: Obviously watching.
0: What do you think about that choice?
1: I'm here for it. Really? Yeah. I I
0: I hope I hope if they do it that it goes this well. Because I think there's like a very I hope
1: s- it's this level or like a Mortal Kombat level. I'll take either one. I
0: hope it's not like a Mortal Kombat level because I think it then diminishes the reputation of this movie from my specific in my specific opinion, because it ushers in this whole level of, like, these companies making so much, like, billions of dollars off of the fact that this movie really is just, it has Barbie elements, but it's a really, it's a strong feminism, anti, um, anti-patriarchy, anti but, like, also a really now-movement movie. Like, that a lot of people can be inspired by. And if the only lesson that's learned is, like, let's make money off of our other toys, I'd be kind of disappointed. But you're kind of open-minded to it?
1: I am. And also, I've seen quite a few posts um, here and there where, like, little girls are watching the movie with their family and they're coming out and they're saying, what's the patriarchy? So, if we're teaching this generation of young women... Um, what to look out for then we're going like I think it's a further positive change than what you would then my only hope then
0: is like the Rock'em sock'em robots then is like this big takedown of the 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 rise of fascism and So my
1: Rock'em Sock'em Robot movie (laughs) idea is to get all of the MAGA's and the um Trumpers and such and, and such. Okay. Let them experience rock'em and soccer and robots in the way we all intend.
0: Okay, and what, what 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 do you intend?
1: I want to see incels and Nazis punch in the face.
0: Oh, By rock'em sock robots. Yes. Well I'm saying is that as long as if they're gonna make movies that profit off of this these ideas, I hope they still continue to promote these positive social change ideas. Because then ultimately even if they are making money off of their own corporate creed, then they still get to have a message that's positive. That's that's, fair. that's what I think. Um, did you have any questions for me, like any thoughts or that you had, or anything else you wanted to share about the movie?
1: Um, ultimately, I'm so glad that Ruth was there to, you know, give her a little helping hand when she needed it. And, and, then, and where? <laughs> don't don't point out my pun. I want people to just enjoy it.
0: I got it. I'm a man.
1: Anyway. <laughs> so did you notice? she is there for her when she needs it in the beginning, and then she's like, can I be a human? And she's like, okay, but, like, I cannot allow you to do that without me showing you The full extent of what that means. Right. So, yes, there's going to be the good, but there's going to be so much bad, and it's going to be different, and you're going to die. Oh, also, have you thought about death lately?
0: Um, lately, probably not as much. But, I mean, I think that's only human. Did you notice at the end, though, that...
1: Existential dread Barbie. Uh,
0: Barbie, when she shows up... (laughs) For maybe what's the funniest bit in the whole movie, um, announcing to the world that she has uh, all of uh, her sex organs.
1: Oh, yes, she's like, Hi, I'm here to see my gynecologist. And the movie theater erupts. It was hilarious. It was. Maybe one of the best jokes of all time.
0: It was quite good. Because you're not even expecting it at the yeah. time. Yeah,
1: you're like, is she getting a job interview? Is she meeting a friend? Is she doing?
0: Um, um so I was gonna say, safe, Barbie. did you stay know safe. that? Uh, yeah. Did you notice that she uses Ruth's last name when? Uh, yes. I thought that was cool and also kind of an homage because Ruth, uh, Ruth's character, really puts into perspective how she feels about Barbie because she calls. She names her daughter after Barbary. Barbara. Barb. She names she her names daughter no, Barbara. I thought,
1: I thought she named her Her, her daughter is... No, her doll is named because... Her doll is named because her daughter is Barbara. Opposite. Really? Because yeah. I like that story better. Let's flip it.
0: <laughs> we, it's it's <laughs> what's real life. You can't flip it. No, she names her daughter Barbara because she made the Barbie doll
1: oh well that's a hard life I'm sorry Barbara
0: well I mean it probably isn't that hard of a life considering how much money this movie made yeah. and all the rights that's attached to it <laughs> I mean you know generational wealth is lovely um I what did you think about is any musical choice what did you think about the Ken song
1: Um, I love the Ken musical, and I will be listening to all of these songs throughout the week. When I'm doing the dishes or making food, I'm going to be jamming out to the Barbie theme songs.
0: Well, I mean, you know, Oliver Putnam does say you gotta make it sing.
1: I will make it sing.
0: So, I think that's pretty much all of the deep dive questions I can think of. So here's the final question. Uh, out of ten... Out of 10 uh, doll hairs, what would you rate Barbie?
1: Probably an 8.
0: So the same rating you gave Guardians of the Galaxy?
1: You gave Guardians of the Galaxy an 8. I gave it a 9.
0: Really? you put it below Guardians of the Galaxy? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just... I'm surprised. I would do reverse core. I would put uh, Barbie as a 9. Huh. I think because... This is this is how I put it as a 9. I think the movie is, is very well done. Not that I don't think that um, Guardians of the Galaxy wasn't well I think it was well done, too. I think also, like, if Marvel winds up heading in that direction... Oof. Here's looking at you, Marvels. Um, I think if... Uh, oh, but I think the reason why I would give Barbie a 9 over an is 8... Is because
1: it's a single movie and not a franchise. Mm,
0: that's, that is that's a good point. kind
1: of... Like, if I consider that part, they might be, like, the same rating.
0: I also think that... Not not only that, I also think the cultural impacts.
1: Oh, yeah, it's much higher.
0: Kind of. And I th- sometimes try to factor that in of, like, where we are... As a culture in time, and I think that when people talk about, you know, the summer blockbusters of 2023, I think that, like, this will, this right now, what's going on in theaters with Barbie, and like I said, next week, hopefully, we'll talk about Oppenheimer. I think it'll forever be known as the Barbenheimer summer where people finally went back to the movie theaters uh, and watched a movie and it was not superheroes after, like, almost a decade and a half. So that would be... I think if it was just a really good to decent film, I'd probably give it the same rating as Guardians no. and 8s, but I think just that cultural significance... And I think, again, like I said, I think come Oscars time we're going to see this uh, come up, and I would not be surprised if this gets a Best Picture nomination. Well,
1: I would definitely want to do a rewatch once it comes to streaming.
0: Uh Uh-huh. All for sure. Um, uh, But I think um, that's it all for me. Uh, Did you want to plug anything, or did you want to remind the listeners to...
1: Okay, so... I've been working on a TikTok account. Yes. So not only do I have to speak with my mouth, I have to be a human. You just speak my with your body. face. Yeah, so And I'm the TikTok now,
0: account is
1: it is I think Teresa no Teresa Ceratops. So Teresa, but with Ceratops at the end.
0: And you have an H
1: Yeah
0: in your name. I know that, but I don't know if they know yeah,
1: that. Yeah, well it will be in the link tree like I said. Um and
0: where can they find that?
1: Facebook, um, the Spotify is the most important, obviously, where they can find us here, and then every, on every account, we're either a podcast, question mark, exclamation point, or a podcast 23. So, if you type that in, you'll find us just about anywhere, we're available.
0: Thank you. Um... If that's all, we again would like to thank our listeners. Uh, we're so thankful that we have any at this point.
1: Yes, thank you so much. We've got 36 subscribers, which feels honestly unreal to I, us.
0: I thought that, especially if you're this far ahead, you guys are the real ones. Uh, I thought maybe I we'd have five Including both your mom and my mom, like
1: that we're strong arming, like please, dear God, like our podcast, so we don't look like a bunch of doofs.
0: I mean, we still do, but I know, but we're a to have what? How many people?
1: Thirty-six, and we have fifty-three listens altogether.
0: And our goal is to get to.
1: So we're really, really looking for that one hundred subscriber. Um, and we
0: might even we might even release a special episode once we get to the one hundred subscriber base.
1: Yes, and like. Like we're talking about, maybe do a giveaway, get our fans over here. Um, If you have any ideas that might help us, if you want to share for us, if you want to message me, I'm very responsive. I will talk to you on TikTok. I'll talk to you on Facebook. Talk to you on Instagram.
0: Talk to you everywhere.
1: Yep. Anywhere I'm at, I'm good. While I've still got the time, I will be here and chatting with anyone and everyone. And we would love to join you on your podcast, so if you have a podcast that you say, hey, I'd like a couple of goofs to come on who like to talk about television and movies and most things pop culture related, then we are here and we do take requests.
0: Absolutely.
1: That being said, you're welcome to come on our podcast. If you have something you want to talk to us about, our schedule is wide open. We're starting to book people now, so uh, before it fills up... yeah
0: got a couple of excited guests that I mean, we're excited for. There's some that you
1: will not believe.
0: Yeah, I I can't believe. Like I'm, I'm like, they'll give anybody a podcast, I guess? Yeah. I mean, this is the definition of that.
1: So we made this and we're making things happen that you couldn't imagine. Or at least I couldn't imagine and yet I did it. So um, really appreciate it. We love our fans.
0: Can't thank you guys enough.
1: Um we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at a podcast? question mark, Uh, exclamation point. Wait, is that the right one or did it make me do just 23? Some of them are funny about that question mark.
0: So funny, haha, or funny. Funny
1: like we're not going to do your thing, we meal them.
0: Funny like a clown.
1: Yes, absolutely. Okay.
0: Oh my God, I felt so seen when they mentioned the whole Godfather thing. Sorry. <laughs>
1: Huh, I saw you too. Okay, <laughs> I think I so my covering my face. <laughs> it's a podcast twenty three at gmail dot com. Okay, looks like I kept it real simple with that one. Um, it's real
0: easy because it's just the name of our podcast and the number, of the year we're in. Yeah, are we going to It's almost it like it's 24? I designed no. it
1: that way. I
0: know.
1: Ooh, behind the curtain. All right. Well, love to have you here, and we will see you next Tuesday.
0: Don't forget to go to your gynecology department.
1: Yes, it is very important. We've got ours scheduled.
0: Again, uh, I'm Mitchell Regan. Thank you again.
1: I'm Teresa Stoddard, and we will see you next Tuesday. It's a threat at this point.